Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. If you want to get someone's attention, just tell them a great story. If you want to inspire someone, share your success story. And that's what this show is all about. I believe that successful women think differently. And by the end of this podcast, I hope you will agree. In the spotlight, a woman you might just recognize if you are watching this interview on my YouTube channel. <laughs> for many years, she was featured on a TV commercial with a guy named Bob for a furniture store aptly named Bob's Discount Furniture. And I remember seeing her so often on my television that I couldn't get away from her. So I decided I just had to meet her and find out what her story was beyond the TV ad. And you know what I found out? She's a multi-talented, big-hearted, exceptional woman who is now crafting her next big adventure. Her big chapter as CEO of her own PR firm, Pitch Perfect Consulting. My old friend, Kathy Poulin. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I know it's more than five years since last we spoke, right? It has, yes. Okay, so I want everybody to get to know you. So I've got this thing which is called Candy O's Lightning Round. And this is our way of just sort of getting to know a little bit about you. Okay. Okay, you ready? Don't overthink your answers. It's a game show. Duncan or Starbucks? Starbucks. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Homemade or let's just do takeouts? Homemade. Pet peeve? Laziness. Greatest strength? My heart. Weakness you try to control? I wear everything on my sleeve. Last show you binge-watched? SpongeBob? <laughs> Wait, there's got to be a story in that. Do you, have, do you have little ones at home I now? do. I do. How old are your kids now? Well, now they're 14 and 11. And, and so you actually still binge watch SpongeBob? We all do. It's a, it's a crazy thing in my house. I know. I still have cable so I can get SpongeBob. That's the only reason why I pay for it. It's crazy. First I'm admitting of all, it. Once again, it's really wonderful to see you. You look fantastic. Oh, same. And you've got this new incredible company called Pitch Perfect. How did you come up with that name, for starters? Well, I happen to love the movie series. I didn't know I was going to even have my own company. This is the craziest thing. I feel like I just, I go from one chapter to another. And for whatever it's worth, I know you mentioned Bob's. People did think that that's what I did all day. Jump on furniture with Bob and have a hoot in time, which I did. But I also actually did something else in the company called Outreach. And I created it from scratch. And Outreach was the philanthropic handle to the foundation, which literally was what Bob is all about. Bob is that big guy who is getting bigger all the time. He's that big company, but he's the soft-hearted giver. And so how could we give on a multitude of levels? So I created all these programs that really were cause marketing within the company, finding those nonprofits that needed us, not just monetarily, but for what we had, furniture. I mean, I can't tell you how many shelters. They need beds. They need mattresses. They need furniture. So when I stepped away from Bob, he's like my brother. What am I going to do? I know it's coming, and it has to be giving. Ironically, one of the nonprofits that I had worked with, literally within days after I was like, well, I'm on to my next thing, they contacted me. It's called Read to a Child, literally down the street in Wellesley, Mass. here. 
they are one of the most amazing nonprofits. They're in five markets. They're, they're national, but only five markets. Boston is one of them. They literally work with places such as an insurance agency or a, 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 like a Bob's, and they bring in the volunteers to go and read with the children at lunchtime. So simplistic. I was a teacher. I can tell you that when there's underserved children that don't get read to at home, there's a significant difference. So it's finding those children and then partnering them up for the year to be their special buddy. Can I tell you, it's not only beneficial for the child, it's beneficial for the mentor because I was one of those too. So here I get approached and I'm sitting with this woman who I've known for a while and she's like, can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? What are you doing? And I'm like, you guys need a national campaign. You need to become visible. People need to know about you. So the next thing I know, I created National Read to a Child Day. It's going to be October 8th. Everybody put your phones down, books up, hook up with a child. I have Scholastic who's just decided to come and be one of the wonderful partners. I mean, Scholastic is obviously a huge fit and a home run. This National Read to a Child Day is gaining momentum. We're looking for sponsors. I'm going to put that out there. Read to a Child is one of those places that makes my heart sing because I know what they're doing. And not only professionally, but personally. Pitch Perfect Consulting evolved. It is a blessing because the minute I got my website up, I was already getting all of these other connections that were happening because I know not only what it's like to be on the corporate side, but on the side of being a nonprofit. I do a lot of nonprofit work on my own with many organizations, sit on many boards. So I know the benefits of both. I'm very blessed to say I now can use my creative vision and make these things happen for these companies. I also work with an underserved children's camp in Connecticut, Channel 3 Kids Camp, underserved children, kids that would never have the experience to go to camp. I also just got asked to be a marketing officer for a new teeth aligning company called Aeroline, and that's Aero, L-I-G-N. Why was I driven to be with them? Because they are that company that wants to separate themselves from the other aligning companies. They are already making their Big Smile Foundation because they want to be that place that when you make your purchase, proceeds go to help the Smile Train to help fix those children's cleft palate. I can't begin to tell you, Candy. I'm all over the place. I love it. But I wore many hats at Bob's, so I'm used to changing those hats. But it's all about finding the company to go with a nonprofit and making that magic happen. The need is out there. It's just helping make it happen in whatever facet. It's a win-win for both. When we first got started in this interview, <laughs> I said to our viewers and our listeners, she's big-hearted and she's multitasking queen. What you have just described to me is the craziness that is <laughs> Kathy Poulin's life with all of these different hats on your head. Mm -hmm. But I guess what I'd like to do in order to help your story unfold is find out where this passion comes from. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Where were you raised? And what was the message in your house? Because I think we are all formed in those early years. I give my credit to my parents. They're, I'm very blessed they're still alive. They both were educators. Every weekend, I would be on a new mission with my mother and my father to collect food for the soup kitchen or 
she would always have a focus, something with the church or something with the children's hospital. I started my career as a sidekick clown dressed up who would go and visit children in the hospital with an actual, he was a legitimate, (laughs) that's how I made his money, clown, and I was just a sidekick. I learned at a very young age to appreciate everything. I learned to not take anything for granted. I learned to give it back and give it back bigger than I got it. And that's what I've instilled into my children's lives. And I, I know, I see it. I was the one who brought them from blood drives to soup kitchens to wherever it was. And now I see them trying to figure out how and what they're going to do. And my son wants to be this huge entrepreneur. And he said, you know what? I already know I'm going to give so much of a percentage to the children's hospitals. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like when you were the sidekick to the clown and you were going into (laughs) hospitals and you were making children laugh. I saw how I was impacting the other children that I was in front of, and I thought, wow, I have something about me. (laughs) They're finding me funny. That's always been a root with me because I am that person. I love seeing people laugh. That's why Bob and I were so dynamic together because we really came across as that couple that wanted to make people happy. It made me want to do it more. When you were growing up, Mm -hmm. if I had said to you, if we had met and I had said, Catherine, what do you want to do when you grow up? What would your answer have been way back then? This is the God's honest truth. I sat in front of my little black and white TV with my parents. It intertwined with the clown experience. I wanted to be the I Love Lucy. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to bring merriment. Wherever I went, I wanted people to go, wow, I'm so much happier. Like, she just made me smile. And so now I know that I can do that. I'm that warm, fuzzy, huggy person, but take it up a notch. What can I do to make the people that are in need, happy, and less in need. Let's talk about your early adulthood. You went to school in Connecticut, which is where you're from. Tell me a little bit about your college experience. I went to Eastern for my bachelor's, and I knew immediately I was going to be that advertising communications geek. I got myself involved in as much as I could with a minor in theater, so you have to picture this. Crazy (laughs) me, and plus I'm learning how to be on stage. I knew that I had a gift to create ideas and make them come to fruition. I was trying to figure out how I could use that, obviously make a living so I could, you know, survive, but still help people, bottom line. You want to make people feel something. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. You're getting me all teary. I can't do (laughs) it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) How did you change when you became a mom? I don't think I have. I'm just a big kid at heart. I want to make my kids happy. I want them to realize that there are going to be moments where things are not so bright, but always look at the bright spot in that dark moment. I've tried to teach them, especially my teenage daughter. There's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, but you are very blessed and lucky with what you have, and just look at the bright side of everything that goes on. You've had so many chapters in your life. One of your early chapters you had just mentioned when you first uh, sat down with me that you were a teacher. Mm -hmm. Were you a preschool teacher? I started off in the preschool area, but then I got my master's and was the multi-age teacher, which was 
a really cool program. I had the kids first and second grade. I had them for two years. I saw the little kindergartners coming in, looking up at their, their new mentors, who are now the big second graders, and they wanted to aspire to be them. And I saw the second graders looking down at their little friends going, wow, I'm going to make a change and make this impactful for them. I loved every minute of it. What was your takeaway from that chapter in your life? That I wanted to have my own children, that I really loved being a teacher. I could dress up in any kind of costume, and they still thought I was that wonderful superstar. Every day was fun for them and me. Tell me how you met Bob of Bob's Discount Furniture. There's an interesting story because, truth be told, I grew up in the little town of Newington, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. which is also where Bob is from. I know you were involved in the very beginning of his business as it was starting to grow. Can you tell us that story? I met Bob in the 90s. I had a little show. It was called Cruising Connecticut. It was a soft sell advertising show. So I would visit different places. You could have 30 seconds to five minutes. The consumer who was watching was being soft sold. Bob always bought five minutes. I don't know if we sold anything, but we became instant friends. And they were the I Love Lucy vignette. For example, putting a spaghetti strainer on his head on a bicycle, and we're traveling back in time to when the first recliner was made. I mean, seriously, if you got your hands on these videos, you probably would be like, what was she What was she doing? But we had so much fun, and it became a success. The whole concept, the whole show, I took the show statewide. He stayed on, obviously. I started my own company, uh, New England Broadcasting Network, and it was on the air successfully for a few years. And then I realized I was completely burnt out. I gave it all up and went back, started from scratch, and became a school teacher. Bob became my friend. My first year teaching, I'm out of my deck with my Harlequin romance and my lemonade, and he calls me up and he's like, Kathy, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is exactly how he talks, by oh, the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I do a pretty good impersonation. Yeah, you do. He's like, what are you up to? And I'm like, I'm teaching, but the, this is my first summer day off. Well, they told me I need a sidekick and I can only think of you. And I'm like, oh, gee, Bob, that's so sweet, but I'm teaching. Next thing you know, after school, I'm up there shooting because I loved the guy so much. And the next thing he's like, what is it going to take to get you to come full time? I'm like, nothing. Sure enough, things happened in the district. Multi-age program was diminishing. You can do first or second. I said, you know what? This is a sign. And I always take my signs very I was just going to say that. Do you believe in signs? I do. And how do you watch for the signposts in the road? I'm really good at giving other people signposts. If it is here in my heart, I feel just like there is a reason why I am feeling not so content where I'm at. And this is what I've always told my kids. Work becomes a job, then it's time to really think about it. Because work should be fun, and it should be a passion. And especially when you're a teacher, and you're in these certain positions, and you're outreach, you cannot be thinking it's work. How many years did you work with Bob for Bob's Discount Furniture? 18 plus. Over the course of those 18 years, your job started out as A and it ended up as what? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. 
More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. We like to establish a relationship with our customers, and the best way to do that is see them in their natural setting, so to speak, and that's in their home. We come to you, we work with you on your equipment in a setting that's comfortable for you, and also we can test better that way, because if you have a printing problem or whatever, and we bring it to a shop, it may work great in the shop, but it might not work in your home. So this way we know for sure everything is working the way that it should. TechHelpBoston.com. Their experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer same day, next day, and weekends too. Visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. When I decided to make that change and I said, you know what, I want to create outreach department for you guys. It didn't exist. I started it from scratch. So I was doing ads and then I went right into creating the outreach department and having literally ambassadors across the nation because I took the programs to the West Coast successfully. It's a beautiful company. And that's where I knew this is what is me creating and helping the nonprofits because that's all I did underneath that outreach umbrella. I helped this company started out as a one-stop shop, right? Mm -hmm. A furniture store in Newington, Connecticut. How many stores does Bob have now? I know that when I left, it was over 100. And I'm assuming it's definitely increased in size. And it's from the East Coast all the way across the country, correct? All the way across the country. Here you are now working with your own company, Pitch Perfect Consulting. And to me, it feels as if I need to ask you all about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. What is the key to being a successful entrepreneur, Kathy Poulin? I think being a multitasker. And it's so funny because when Bob heard I was becoming an entrepreneur, he was like, Bingo. You were it before, but now you're on your own. This is you. And I feel like so inspired and I feel like my creativity is coming out of my ears. I feel like I'm back to being that person. Just so excited for every endeavor and every thing that I'm intertwined in. And it is so funny because I know I just met some beautiful, you know, interviewee that you just had before You're myself. talking about Liz Powers, Liz right. Powers. Artlifting.com. Like and we're meeting. It's all about connections and the serendipity of it. Believe it or not, one thing can lead to the next thing. And that's what I feel like that's part of my M.O., You know, I was about to ask you about relationships, and I do believe that relationships are everything. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Do you believe that's true, and how have connections helped you? It's absolutely hands down true. I wouldn't be sitting in front of you if I didn't have those beautiful moments. Even when I started as an intern, like pulling cables at the TV station down the street, I met the right people. And you know what? I always tell my kids this. Always realize how you treat everybody because you never know when they're going to come back into your life. Like Bob, he could have thought of somebody else, but he thought of me because I respected him, I trusted him, and he saw that in me. You don't take any relationship lightly, never. You had mentioned one of your clients, read to a child. And I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners and viewers just a little bit about some of your other clients and uh, what you're learning along the way. I am so excited not only for this National Read to a Child Day, but if I can help get them into different markets, like I know Rhode Island, for example, is waiting for the funding to become available so they can get their programs up and going in the schools there. Do you know how empowering that feels to know that you're a part of that? These nonprofits, and there's many from small to large, 
that just need to have the right interaction and the right connection. So yes, read to a child. The kids camp that I'm working with, I actually had the blessing of working with CVS and doing a grand opening, but infiltrating outreach because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to become that community-minded pharmacy down the street. I am working with a restaurant chain in Connecticut where the family is so giving. I'm like, you guys need to get this story out. I mean, not only is your food great, but are you kidding me? Galston House. I mean, there's so many of them. And whether they give small or big, this is a necessity for our world to continue on. I mean, we need to connect and we need to help each other. There's such a benefit on both ends. It's out there everywhere. Do you believe that when you start a company, some form of your success story should be around philanthropy? Do you think that should be part of your company mission? Absolutely. And I'm already trying to figure out where I'm going to give back. I'm only four months old in my company, but I'm already like, I want a foundation. I want to focus in and I'm all about the kids. I know it goes much bigger than that, but I'm, I'm really all about the children and the underserved children because there are way too many. And the things I've been exposed to, I could sit on this microphone for forever telling you the things I've seen and um, experienced. If everybody just gave a little bit more of themselves, and it not only money, it's volunteering, it's maybe something that you have as a business, whether it be food or an item that you sell, the need is out there. You are a marketing and communications specialist. In your opinion, what makes for a great commercial or a campaign? I always go for the heart. There's always a story. It's great to show your product. It's great to talk about your product. But I'll tell you, when I think of my favorite commercials, they're the ones where a Bob or the CEO of Aeroline talks about, I took on making this new company, but I know this Big Smile Foundation is so equally important to me. And as a consumer also, because I am a consumer, that's the place I want to go to. Those are the stories that I want to hear about. What are they doing to help others? What has been the biggest lesson for you in a career that has had so many chapters? I just know that I am very blessed, and I am here for a reason. And every chapter is important, and this chapter won't be my last. I know that there's many more to help out there, and I'm looking forward to every one of those endeavors. What is your website so people can get in touch with you? PitchPerfectConsult.com. At the end of the day, (laughs) you are putting your head down on the pillow. By the way, what time does that happen? Um, That's a good question. My kids don't even want to answer that. (laughs) I'm trying to get a little me time, but it's so hard because I get so excited and with all these different hats. When a creative bubble comes, it could be any time. So I have journals next to my bed. I have them in my car. I know that those are coming for a reason, and I know that I've changed many organizations with those little bubbles, and so... Those those are your ideas. You call them bubbles? Yeah, I call them bubbles, and they come in. <laughs> Some of them are big bubbles. Some of them, I'm when I'm running, and I'm like, oh, I don't have a journal. I'm like, how am I going to remember this? And then I, I keep repeating it until I get back to home base. It sounds like when I interview singers and songwriters, and they tell me when they get an idea for a song... They talk it into their phone or they write it down on a little piece of paper because they don't want to miss it when it comes along. And I will tell you, this National Reach of Child Day, I literally was sitting with the the woman who I was talking with, and 
I looked down at her folder. I'm like, I got it. You need National Read to a Child Day. It, the name is in the campaign. Forget the water bucket challenge. This is going to be the biggest thing going. And it's supporting literacy. What do you wish you knew, Kathy Poulin, uh, when you first got started? Well, to be honest with you, when I had the show Cruise in Connecticut, there was a con man that actually was involved. He acted as a potential businessman, and his lawyers, who he also conned, fought Cox Cable because the show wasn't copywritten. The day before, this tells you there's lots of angels out there, and that's another thing I'd like to bring up. I was out celebrating my new show. They had set aside time with no money down. They knew that the money was going to get there. I came out of the restaurant to a policeman standing there in a badge, and he said, you know what, you seem like a really nice woman, but so-and-so is going down, and I don't think that you are that person to go down with it. I said to my co-host, you take half of our client list, I'll take half of it, call them all tonight, tell them to not give money unless it's you and I collecting it. And Bob was at the top of my list, and I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. This is what's happening, and he said, good God, Kathy, do you need a lawyer? He's like, I can't believe this is happening to you. My whole climbing up the corporate ladder went completely downhill. I ended up moving home. I had no job. Did you almost lose everything that day? I almost lost everything. The show was such a hit that the Hartford Advocate found John and I and said, we need to do a piece on where you are at and what happened. And what resurrected were financial people that had money and wanted the show to exist. So New England Broadcasting Network was formed, and the show went on the air. In that dark moment, mm -hmm. what were you thinking? How did you get past it? I knew that it was happening for a reason. I couldn't believe it was happening because I didn't want to fail all these people that believed in me. And especially with this cynical person who came into my life and I was like 20-something years old. And I had worked my tail off to be where I was at. Look what came out of it. You're holding on to my 16 life lessons. Yes, which I believe in every one of them. <laughs> what resonates for you on that list? Excuse me. I've got you crying in this interview. Uh, do you think that's because I've been reminding you about this journey a little bit? Yes, you have. And it's, it's a wonderful journey. I wouldn't trade it in a couple things I might have said. I would have preferred not to have happened. But, I mean, number one here, wake up grateful. I tell my kids, and courage is when you leap. Faith is when you believe you land on your feet. That's something that has put me through the darkest times to the most beautiful times. Good goes around, even if it takes a while. What role has your faith played, Kathy, in your life? It's been my life. I wouldn't be who I am without my faith. I am very blessed. I start my day saying that. And even when the darkest moments, I was like, thank you, because I know I'm going to get through this. I always have. My faith is, is me. When you lay your head down on the pillow, mm -hmm. and it may be 2 o'clock in the morning, right? what's the last thing you say to yourself? Thank you. It's been a great day. I believe we all have chapters in our lives. Success may have meant something very different to you when you were the sidekick to the clown as a little girl, <laughs> when you were starting that cruising Connecticut show at 28 or riding high on that at 28, and even when you were on television all the time doing TV commercials for your dear friend Bob. What does success mean to you right now? 
versus at those other times in your life? Success is always meant to me if I'm happy and if I've touched people's lives. Even when I was a school teacher, I'd look out to my classroom and say, I'm making a difference here. It's not all about me. It's about what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to be doing. Some people just don't know their missions as of yet, so it's finding that mission. I want to say thank you so much for taking the drive here to uh, Boston from pleasure. Connecticut Boston. <laughs> to see me today. I want to wish you all the best with your beautiful new career, the reinvention once again <laughs> exactly. of Kathy Pula. Thank you for telling us your story today. Thank you for having me. You're a wonderful lady. My goodness. And a friend. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story? <laughs>